This is Kathleen Maxwell Randy with The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life, and I appreciate you joining me today. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. For more information about me, published newspaper articles, to contact me to speak in your area or purchase my new book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, visit my website at www.kathleenmaxwellrandy.com. This podcast reaches around the world with listeners in 27 countries thanks to the one-time and monthly gifts from people just like you. If you want to give, simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the follow button and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And leave me a comment. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the gathering. Uh, thank you for joining me today. And I am super excited about the lesson that I'm going to share today called Walking in Peace in a Crazy World. How many of you believe it is a crazy world right now? I mean, I, I know. I mean, as if last year wasn't crazy enough, you know, this year has somehow, in my opinion, gotten crazier. And as somebody that's Um, True Confessions, I'll be 62 in December, I've noticed that it really has kind of ramped up recently in all the years. I mean, I was reading, I developed this lesson um, four years ago, and I was reading some of the examples that I had four years ago when I taught it, and I was like, oh man, I can can, can top that now. Thank God I learned to walk in peace um, way, way back. I guess this, when God began to share or speak to me about peace and that I had a God-given right to walk in peace, it was when I was in my 40s and um, I had just started um, a new job. I was executive director of the Christian Women's Job Corps of Kerr County. And right about that time, my mom got very sick with a rare autoimmune disease and I was slowly watching her slip away. And so it was heartbreaking, but it was also confusing because we couldn't figure out and the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And for me personally, I felt like my mom had left me in a sense when I needed her the most. She had raised me and prayed for me and you know been my cheerleader and and all and right at the time I was like man I really need you how could you get sick at this time (laughs) you know that's when it all happened but that's when the Lord began to show me that I could I could walk in peace in any situation that I was dealing with you know there's so much fear and anxiety and stress and those are really a thief and a robber in our life. And just as if somebody knocked on our door and they had a hooded mask on, you nor I would open the door and let that person in. We wouldn't. We would say, no, that person's going to, you know, rob or steal from me or hurt me in some capacity. But I think that's what we do oftentimes when we listen to the voice of fear, anxiety, and stress. And so I want to just ask you a question. I think that there are so many things that can rob us of our peace. You know, we can think if I just had a different job, if I just had, you know, a husband that loved me more, if I just had, if all my bills were paid and I had more money, I would be peaceful. 
Um, I want to ask you what causes you stress. Is it your boss? Is it your home life? Is it health problems? Is it maybe a misunderstanding? Is it politics? Is it Facebook? Is it, you know, the vaccine or COVID? What is robbing you of your peace in your life? And I think that that is something I, in, when I was younger, I really thought it was okay for me to run around stressed out and, you know, fearful. I grew up, <clears throat> part of my testimony, I grew up in a fear-based home and I thought it was normal. I really thought that I was just being, that, that those were, it was normal in that, in that way to be fearful of things. And my, my sweet mom was, um, she had just grown up in a fear-based home, and so she kind of passed that down. You know, we can pass things down from one generation to the next. And, you know, I was afraid of germs. Well, thank God I got set free of that before COVID <laughs> came along. <laughs> because I would have been an absolute basket case. Um, I'm very grateful God began to show me that. And I do have a podcast called Freedom from Fear. Um, Living in Uncertainty Without Fear is another podcast, so you may want to check those out. I, there's one called Establishing Peace in Your Life. So I've talked a good bit about that because understanding that I have a God-given right to walk in peace in any situation I face has been revolutionary to me. I mean, it has really changed so much of my mindset. And I was kind of laughing. I was working on the lesson and the other morning early, and it was about seven o'clock, and I hear sirens going off, all these sirens, like, you know, right in our area of town. And then I hear the helicopter, you know. So being here, being here in South Texas with the border crisis, that's a big thing. I mean, I knew that there was a bailout and I knew that it was real close and, and all. And so that was going on and I kind of laughed. I thought, you know, if I didn't know the Lord, if I didn't know I had somebody right there with me, you know, that is with me at all times, if I didn't have strength to draw on on the Lord, it would be very easy to get very anxious and uptight. And if that wasn't crazy enough, I come home from working out on the gym and I turn and there's a human trafficker right there on my road. And I had to turn around and go get a DPS, you know, cause I could tell wasn't, anyway, I won't go into all the details, but there's a lot that can rob us. And I know that, you know, we've got some people here whose husbands are, are working for the border patrol and I'm very grateful for the sacrifices that that you all, not only your husbands make, but that they make, that you make also for that. But there's, there's the, the good news is we really do have a God-given right to walk in peace in any situation. And I'm gonna just share some of my story with you um, in hopes that it'll encourage you. And I wanna encourage you to take these scriptures home, look at them, see what the word has to say, write them down. Because I know for me, sometimes putting something on a sticky note or on an index card where I can be reminded of it just helps me reframe and rethink of, you know, when I'm trying to work something into my life. 
So if you're taking notes, number one, as Christians, we are not exempt from life's challenges. We just get to go through them in a better way. There is nothing, if you really study the Word of God, a lot of those people went through some very hard things. They went through some really tough, tough stuff. I mean, Job lost his whole family. Um, and then, you know, the, I mean, that story's, that story's crazy. When you think of, you know, just different people in the... Moses wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, lot of stories in the Bible, but those, these stories are to encourage us how when we walk with the Lord, we have, we have a better way we can go through it. So what we're going to talk about are some of those, some of those tools. Um, and you know what was interesting <clears throat> is... I would really blame God in some, I'm just being honest with you, you know, when I was stressed out or that he wasn't making me peaceful. It was like it was his fault. And so in that way, I would blame God. You know, well, I'm, I'm you know, upset or I'm anxious or I'm fearful. And, you know, God, I've asked you to take it away and you haven't. And one day the Lord just said, he said, you have a right to walk in peace in any situation. He said, you just don't practice it. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, you know what, you're right. And when we see any, any area, God is so loving. I didn't feel chastised. I didn't feel in trouble by God. I just felt like he was trying to teach me something, just like I would try to teach my own children or grandchildren something. And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to start practicing this. And like I said, it was, it was, you know, in my mom's illness. And a lot of my training ground for learning to walk in peace was in walking the halls of hospitals. And that was where I really had that opportunity to practice. And little did I know how much I would need that in the years ahead when I faced the, my late husband's cancer and losing him. So I was very grateful the Lord gave me. I said, my mom taught me more in her dying in some ways than she did in her living. And she was a fabulous, you know, she taught me a lot about the Lord. Um, but I think one thing too, and I want to say this for the young people that are listening to, I think one of the things that I learned, my fear-based thinking and anxiety and my helicopter mom, you know, that I was in that area, I see where I passed that down to my kids. And it was interesting because my, the baby of the family, God had already worked some things in me and so I changed. And it's interesting to even see the difference in my kids now as adults you know and i have gone to them and i've said you know repented and 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 asked them to forgive me in that aspect uh, but i changed and that's the thing if i can change i think anybody can change and so i want to encourage you uh, to not coddle your fear not coddle your anxiety jesus has a better idea and here's the good news is we get to choose we get to choose um, there was a woman that came up to me one day, and 
I had walked out of I walked out of the gym. I was in Kerrville, and this woman came up and I said, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing?" She said, "Oh, I'm just a nervous wreck today. I'm just a nervous wreck." And I said, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." She said, "My my grandson is going under. They're going to do this, you know, little procedure on on his ears." And um, what was interesting is my grandson was having a little surgery that day too, and I wasn't anxious and I wasn't fearful and I was able to just you know to we we get to choose what we want to be and that was such an eye-opener because that was her choice that was her choice and I said well let me I just stopped right there I said let me pray for you you know right now and my thought was I've got plenty of peace you know, let me give you some of mine. And I said, oh, my child, you know, my grandson's going under too. And so that's the beauty too, is we learn to walk in peace, we get to give it away to others around us. So let's talk about what is the, the definition of peace. <clears throat> I looked this up in the concordance and in the Old Testament, that word oftentimes, and I'm, I'm putting this in a generalization, it means to prosper, rest, be safe in mind and body. To prosper, to rest, be safe in mind and body. And I thought of just, you know, how important that is, that it's in the heart of God that we prosper and that our hearts be as at rest. Now, as busy people yep we're going to have stuff that happens we're going to have plans that don't go our way we're going to have you know life just happens but when what we're talking about is not so much our circumstances but us living from the inside out the new testament the word peace when you look it up it means quietness and it means rest and when your heart and your mind are in this state, then I think we're in alignment with what God, God's heart for us. When we, when we begin to look at things through the eyes of the Lord, and so I thought that's so neat that that's what's in his heart for us, is that even though there's all the clatter and, and yes, we're busy and we don't just stop, um, you know, we've all, all got busy things. We're all going to dash out of here and we're going to get to the next thing that we're doing. But it's a state of our hearts that I think God is really wanting to know. What I have for you is that it prosper and that it be in rest and it be in, in quietness. And sometimes we have to, I know for me, I've had to quiet my heart, you know, because if I get going on something, I have to kind of reel myself in and uh, preach to myself. Um, number three, for those of you that are taking notes, peace is evidence of walking with God. And one of my favorite passages in the, in the Bible is found in Galatians 5, verse 22. And this is where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit is evidence. When you look at a tree, you see the fruit of that tree. And when we walk with the Holy Spirit, when we have invited Christ into our hearts, 
we have access to the Holy Spirit. We have we, salvation comes through Jesus, inviting him to be our Lord and Savior. And we have a relationship with the God who created us, which that's what we talked about last week. But peace is evidence that we walk with God. In, the, in Galatians 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And right there, that, those are the things that, that reflect the heart of God and what walking with God, what God has available to us. And one of the best studies I did um, years ago was studying just, and we did it for a whole year, I did it for a whole year, but the fruit of the Spirit and just taking those down and breaking each one of them down. But one of the things I got was, you know, when I, it's evidence when I'm, my heart is peaceful, it's evidence that I'm walking with God no matter what is going on. And in the Passion Translation, I want to read out of the Passion Translation, this 5, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, Joy that overflows, I love what it says here, peace that subdues, peace that subdues, you know, subdues means bring, bring, brings things down a notch, I think is how it would be said in our modern day language. Patience that endures, kindness in action, and a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. I just love that translation, too. And then I want to take you to Isaiah, Isaiah 9, verse 6. And this was a prophecy about Jesus' birth. Isaiah 9, verse 6. And it says, I love this. And this was, this was what the Lord showed me right when everything was going on with my mom. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Isn't that comforting right now? <laughs> and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I read that one morning when uh, my mom was in the hospital. And, and it, I just saw how God, Jesus was sent to be my Prince of Peace. And I had just, you know, I reflected back when I read that passage of how, you know, when I was in high school and was going to the prom and you had an escort and you got all dressed up, you know, and, and uh, uh, just what that was like. And as I had, was in with one of the doctors and was listening to what they were saying concerning my mom, I walked out and my heart was just going 90 miles an hour because... Um, this disease that she had had affected her brain. She had, it was affecting the blood vessels in her brain. And um, as I was walking out, walking in the hall that day, I just felt like the Lord said, he said, I want to escort you and be your Prince of Peace. Will you take my hand? And I was like, 
Yeah, because I need something, you know. I mean, it was it was just not good news. And my heart was my heart was just racing trying to figure out, well, what if this and what if that and how about this and what are we going to do about that? And, you know, and we don't know about this. And, you know, it was evident the doctors were trying to figure it out. Um, and so that was where I began to learn. And so it was like I literally had to picture myself holding Jesus' hand as I would walk the halls of the hospital because the news just wasn't, just wasn't that good. And so Jesus has come to be your Prince of Peace. And I wanna give that to you. You have an escort in any crisis that you might encounter. You have an escort. Philippians 4 verses seven and nine. It says, this is, this is a good scripture. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Right there, he's always near. For me, I just wasn't turning to him. I wasn't turning to him as often as I should. Do not, verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love what it says there. Number one, it's saying that it's not in the heart of God for us to be anxious about anything. You might want to highlight that in your Bible. You might want to underline that. But present your requests to the Lord. It's like we get to throw our problem onto him. And we might take it back, but that's when we throw it again to that. And then it says the peace of God. So that peace, what we find right there is peace is part of his character. It's part of his DNA. And when we accept Christ, we have a new life in Christ. And that is part of our DNA. That is part of our DNA, too, because we become a child of the king. And, uh, and we have relationship with the prince of peace. But I love in that passage, the peace of God. It's not just some peace, it's the peace of God that he gives to us. And it transcends understand all understanding. You know, and I think what I love about the Lord is that he knew we were going to encounter stressful situations. He knew that in 2021, the world was going to be as crazy as it is, but he's already provided what we need in this. And uh, I had a friend call the other day, and she was going through, uh, she was going through just some legal stuff. And she's a widow, and she called and she said, I just was trying to think, she said, because I'm trying to figure all this out, you know, by herself. And, and it was some pretty big, big decisions and, and things like that. And she said, I just, she said, I, I thought the most peaceful person I know is Kathleen. I've got to call her. And, and I thought, well, that's such a great compliment. She's a friend that we walked together for, goodness, we raised children, and those children are now 37. So <laughs> we ran as daughters together. So we, we've walked together in life a long time. But, um, you know, God knows the situation that you're facing. I want you to, to get that, whatever is causing you stress. And 
and it's just so important. He's made a provision for us, which is, which is great. Um, and I just want to encourage you, in the days ahead, and it may happen when you walk out the door, it may happen when you walk into your house, it may happen, you know, maybe you're going to have a great week and there's not going to be anything stressful this week in your life. I hope that's what happens, but I don't know. <laughs> there's always something, it seems like. But I want you to encourage you that you can begin to practice practice your peace. And part of it is reframing how we think about things. Part of it is putting God's word into our heart. And a lot of it is just plain practice. John 20, verse 19 and 21, in, in the book of John and throughout the New Testament, whenever Jesus arrived on the scene, one of the things he said, and this is throughout the gospels, but is peace be unto you. Or he would greet people with peace. And I think that that is so, I think that that is so important. And I love that in scripture. If you go through a lot in the New Testament, it, there's a lot about grace and peace to you. That, is, that phrase is over and over. And he taught his disciples that. And that's what he has, I think, for you and me. He wants us to have peace in our hearts. We have to access it. In verse 21, it says, and Jesus said again, he says it in verse 20, but then he says it again in verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. In that need, once we begin to incorporate peace in developing that in our hearts and practicing, then we get to give it away to other people. I had gone in one day to uh, get some get some copies made, and this was a couple years ago. But I walked in, and and my friend was there, and I said, "Hey, how are you doing?" And she said, "Oh my gosh, you know my printer isn't working, and I've got this job due, and I've got this going on, and I've got this, and then my daughter called, and she, I mean." I, listening to her, my heart started beating, you know, because <laughs> she was telling me all these things. And I just looked at her. I stopped in a minute and I said, you know what? I have got plenty of peace today. Can I give you some of mine? And she looked at me and she said, well, yeah, I need it. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And so I just stopped right there, right then and there. And nobody was in her print store, but just prayed with her. And after we finished praying, she just looked at me and she said, I feel so much better. And that's the opportunity that you and I have as we begin to incorporate and, and understand about the peace that God has for us, then we get to give it away to those that are around us. You know, 1 Peter 1 and verse 2 and 2 Peter 2 and verse 1 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Right there, God just doesn't want us to have a little bit of peace. He wants us to have plenty so we can give it away to others around us. He wants us to have an abundance. You know, when you have an abundance, then you're, you, you've got more than you need and you can share with other, with other people. And I love how Jesus was teaching his disciples and gave them that power. And he was saying, you know, I, I, I love how it says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. He's so generous with that. And then in Mark 4, verse 39, 
This is a story, and we're not going to read the whole story, but it's uh, Jesus is with his disciples. And Jesus said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. Now, it was his idea to go to the other side. Okay, I want you to follow along with me. It was his ideas. Well, he goes down, he's tired, he falls asleep. Well, this big storm comes up, and his disciples are freaking out, you know, and they go and wake him up and say, you know, don't you care about us? Jesus was sleeping in the middle of the storm. Do you get the picture? And I think that that's what he wants us to be in that place of rest, no matter what storm that we are facing. And Jesus just stood up, you know, if you read the passage, he stood up and it says he rebuked the wind and the waves and he just said, peace be still. You know, he just exercised his peace and he gave it away. And I have to think that the, was it the bigger miracle that the winds and the waves calmed down or that the disciples became peaceful, <laughs> you know? I have to think it might be the miracle was that they became, you know, that it was, a, it was like a news flash to them in some ways. You know, my uh, son is in the military and he was stationed in Honolulu and he and his wife have been trying to have a baby for a while and we get this call um, we get this call and the baby was born and we're so excited and then about I don't know 12 hours later um, and Mary I was up it was hunting season <laughs> and so I was up you know um, entertaining our lodge our lodge people and I get this call from my son and I thought okay I'm gonna take it so I stepped outside and it was dark and uh, my son said mom he said they want to run tests on Grant and I said okay and he said mom they think he has Down syndrome and it was very it, for my son it was such a shock for 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 him and for his wife and um, he said, he said, you know, do you, do you think that you might be able to come out here? And um, I said, yeah. And he, he called my husband and he said, I know this is your busy time. He said, but I really need my mom. She's great in hospitals and she's great in crisis. And he, he was working, what he does in the military is very top secret. And he had to finish it so he couldn't really be there. The other grandmother was already out there. Laura's mom was already out there taking care of their little girl. And so, that, you know, it, all, it was all hands on deck kind of situation. But, you know, that, there was a truth in that because I had already walked through so much before and had learned to practice peace. And it was a very crazy time. And another story that happened while we were there, I was sitting out in the waiting room one day because we had to take shifts and so my son and daughter-in-law were only two people could be in the the neonatal ICU and so they were in there and I was sitting out in the lobby and I met a young mother that was sitting there and she began to tell me her story and she had was carrying twins and they were born at like 23 weeks and one of them died but one of them was alive and as she shared her story my heart just went out to this young mama and she was separated from her husband they had flown from one island to the next to, so that she could be with this baby in the neo 
natal unit and I said, you know, I said, I know I don't know you, but I'm, I would be happy to come and pray for you and pray for your baby. And she said, oh, I would love that. And so we arranged a time and you know, this, this sweet mama and she, she was all alone because her husband was having to work. The baby had been there a long time. And um, I, when I walked in the room, she stood there for a minute and and I you know I was trying to be cautious I didn't want to get too close I wanted to just kind of key off of of her and she said she looked she said you can get closer and so I got closer to the baby and looked and she all of a sudden turned to me and she said something changed in this room she said it feels so peaceful and she was in a very chaotic situation. I can only imagine. I hadn't had, you know, the situation we were facing with Grant, um, who I will say is a happy, healthy, adorable blessing in our life now. It was just that adjustment at first when he was born. Um, and the good news is after praying, I got to pray with this lady and now I, we still, I still follow her on Facebook and it's so neat to see just her little girl. And you know, we had two babies that were, that were in an ICU. But when we carry peace, we get to give it away. So that's, it's not, this isn't just about you. This is about people God is gonna bring in your path. And this is about something he wants you to give away. So it is so important in the day and age, I feel like, that we live in. John number five, um, John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. Jesus was about to, you know, leave his disciples, and what did he want to leave them with? Peace. Jesus left us with peace, and it is his gift to us. It's a gift to you and to me. And it's just like any other gift. If somebody gives me a gift, I can sit there and look at the package and not open it. Or I can open that package, I can take it out, and I can use whatever's in it. So it's a gift. Do you see how the Lord is offering us that gift of peace? It's a gift to us. So I want to encourage you to take it out and use it. Um, one morning when I was, um, I just want to give you an illustration of giving it away. Another one, and this was right when God was beginning to teach me about peace. I was, I journal sometimes in the morning. And that morning I had read a scripture about peace. And I was sitting there just quietly, and I just felt like the Lord said, walk in peace, and others will follow. And I was like, okay. So I wrote that down in my journal. And that particular day, there wasn't anything stressful going on. There wasn't anything that was a crisis. There wasn't, you know, all life seemed good. But I wrote that down because I thought, huh, I guess I'm going to need this at some point, you know. And I didn't get to work you know, but 10 or 15 minutes, and I had one of my volunteers come in, and she was just all upset. At that, it, she was all upset because we didn't have anybody to provide lunch. And we fed, we fed about 15 people every day, and 
whoever was supposed to bring lunch canceled that morning and we didn't have it and she was just all in a tizzy and I remembered though what I had written down in my journal that morning walk in peace when others will follow and I said you know what we're gonna figure this out we're gonna figure this out it's okay it's okay I was able to calm her down so then we could solve the thing that seemed to be a crisis and it really wasn't that hard to here's the credit card go get subway you know it was something that could easily be fixed but walk in peace and others will follow so I want to give you that number six two we can only be we can only be at peace when we look to Jesus to be our certainty I'm telling you ladies the older I get that's who we can depend on that's that's all we can depend on we can't always depend on people. We can't always depend on our boss. We can't always depend on our kids or whatever, our money or whatever. And I'm telling you, when you read the Bible, the days that are coming, if we are in the last days, they're going to be kind of, kind of crazier than they are now. If you read the book of Revelation, they really are. So what is going to govern your peace? What's going to govern your heart? Are you going to be able to walk in peace? I think it's our time to shine as believers. I think it's our time to shine. But Jesus is the only certainty that we have. And we can trust in his nature because peace is a part of that nature. And it's a big key and understanding when we you know when we when you think about trust trust in the Lord you know you can trust and you think about trusting people you know it's much easier to trust somebody when you know how much they love you isn't it easier think about it for a minute when you know that they really care about you and they're genuinely concerned it's easier to trust somebody and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in Isaiah verse uh, 26 and verse 3 it says you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts you we can be at peace when we trust God but that's about all we can trust these days Your peace, number seven, your peace is directly related to your trust in God. Trust and love are linked together. Understanding God's love for you, and hopefully some of the last two lessons have helped you with that. How much he loves you, how he sees you, what he cares. There, I have written uh, or recorded several podcasts on just understanding God's love and because part of my testimony is I had grown up in church come to know the Lord when I was 10 years old but I really didn't begin to understand how much he loved me until I was in my 30s and and a series of events happened and I could see how much the Lord really loved me um, so love and trust are linked together if you have a hard time let me just encourage you if you have a hard time trusting God or the big key don't beat yourself up about it is understanding how much he loves you you know when my late husband got sick and his cancer and we could tell that 
things weren't going the way we wanted. I just had to sit back. I remember one day being at MD Anderson and sitting back and saying, what can, what do I know? Because my world was really shaking at that point. And thankfully, the Lord had been working on my heart about trusting him. I was in my fifth, uh, well, I was 49, I guess, when, when Joe died. But I thought, what do I know? I know God loves me. And I know he's faithful. And I know he's with me. And those were the things, those were the only things I could really cling to at that point in time. And so understanding God's love is directly related to our ability at times to trust him. But ask him, Lord, show me your love for me. Help me to have a greater understanding of how much you love me. And Lord, I want to trust you. So don't in any way, if you see, you know, that anxiety has the upper hand and fear has the upper hand, don't beat yourself up. You just get to start practicing some new ways. I love Psalms. If you look in Psalms 142, verse 3, I love this passage. It says, when my spirit was overwhelmed, you knew my path. Do you know that when your spirit's overwhelmed, when your heart's overwhelmed, God knows your path, and he's right there to guide you through that crisis, through that situation that you're facing. He's not caught off, he's not caught, caught off guard. I remember one time, again, having to practice my peace. Um, Joe and I had gone into the... We were at MD Anderson, and we had gone in, and we had really gotten uh, the news that um, his, he was advanced stage three when we found the tumor. And in my mind, I was like, no, wait a minute. How many stages are there? I think there are four, but maybe I'm wrong. Surely I'm wrong. Surely there's 10 stages. And uh, so I got the courage to ask the doctor, and that's when he said, you know, there's four stages. He said, but we're going to treat this as, we're going to try to treat this as curative, but I will tell you that only two in a million get it. Well, I quickly realized I couldn't really depend on medical science that much. You know, it was the Lord. And so I was a little, little alarmed and rattled. And Joe was stunned by the news too. And we had um, gone out and I said, why don't you sit down and rest? I need to go into the restroom. And I didn't really need to go into the restroom, but I'm going to tell you what I did. I walked into that bathroom. I looked and saw nobody was in the stalls. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you will walk in peace. You have no choice. I had to preach to myself at that moment. I had to preach to myself and I had to remind myself and there was something about I needed to see myself in the mirror and I needed to speak that into being so that I could go forth and so I could you know he was he had already had you know around a chemo and 10 hours of chemo and he was he was not feeling good at that point and we still had to navigate and I had to drive through Houston traffic so I didn't have time at that point I needed to walk in that peace and I need to walk in it right then not just for me but for but for um, my husband too sometimes we have to evict that negative chatter and we have to 
we have to exercise that God-given right to walk in peace in any situation. But let's talk about practical application of this lesson. And this, these are in your notes uh, or in your uh, study questions. I think I've written them down in your study questions. Um, but you can write notes if you want to. Practical application. I think one of the things that is important, and this is very practical, is to take three deep breaths. You know, when we take a deep breath, and I've even got a little thing on my, my, uh, my watch, my Apple watch, that, you know, reminds me to breathe at times. Do y'all have that? For those of you that have it, it's like, oh yeah, okay, all right, I'll practice my breathing. When you take a deep breath, do you know it sends a message to your brain that everything's all right? Don't ask me to explain it, but this is a scientific there's some scientific about it that when we take a deep breath so if you find that your heart's getting anxious about something you know take a step back and take a deep breath take three because it's it's like it sends a signal everything is okay the second thing is pray and give your situation to God that's one of the fastest ways that we can we can too many times I think we hang on to our problems. The fastest way is if we take it to the Lord and we pray about it and we really give it to Him. And then there are times that you need to tell yourself to walk in peace. You need to preach to yourself. You need to remind yourself to walk in peace. But declare it, just like I did that going into the, to the ladies' room and looking at myself in the mirror, I had to declare it. There was something in me that I had to draw a line in the sand for myself and say, you will walk in peace. You have a God-given right. You've already gone through some other things. You know, it's like I had to talk myself off of the ledge. And I think that there are times um, that we have to do that. And there have been numerous times I've had to do that since that day. But the, the fourth thing is to reframe your thinking about the situation. Ask God to help you see your situation from his perspective and what he has, what he has for you in the situation. I think at times we have to, it's reframing, it's looking at it through a different lens. It's looking at life through the lens. It's like getting his glasses and how do you see my situation? I know just one of the ways the thing that came to mind about a time one of the times when i had to do this over and over was when i was widowed and you know there would be everything was just a little alarming because i was having to handle so much on my own and by myself and it was such a different life because i've been married for 30 years and and you know all of a sudden i'm having to make financial decisions and all of these things that i had never done but whenever there was something, and then even, you know, when I decided to go out on a date and, and you know, I've got a great guy now, but it was just alarming. It was a lot different than dating it. You know, things had changed quite a bit. But, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is crazy. What if this guy, you know, and I would, I would, I mean, it was just scary. It was just scary. And I even made Stephen, my husband, I made him go out with friends. I wouldn't go out with him by myself, you know, at first. And he did it. He did it, you know, which I thought, okay, well, you know, he's, I guess he's a good guy. You know, he's willing to go out. He wasn't, you know, so interested in just getting me by himself. But, um, but when I would face those scary things, 
One of the things I would do to reframe it, I'd say, okay, now Kathleen, really, is this as bad as watching tumors grow on someone you loved? Because you lived through that. And the answer was always, uh, no. And so it just took the fear as I reframed whatever it was, it just kind of took the fear out of it. And even these days, I just have to remind myself, okay, God brought you through this, he brought you through that, he brought you through that, okay. You know, I'm good when you see his faithfulness and how he's been there. I love Colossians 3, verse 15. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Right there, Jesus, right there, what we're, what we're learning there from the scripture is we can let the peace is an umpire. Okay, it's like an umpire, and this is number eight when you're in your note-taking. Peace is like an umpire. It keeps you safe. It keeps you safe. And it says right there, let the peace of God rule in your hearts as you were called to peace. You're called to peace. He wants you to walk in peace. And so let the peace of Christ, you and I get to choose. We can choose to be anxious and fearful and stressed out, or we can choose peace. And you, you and I are responsible for our choices. Nobody makes you stressful. Nobody makes you anxious. You choose that. And when I saw that, it has really changed my heart and my mind about things. Is It's so easy to blame. Have you ever said, well, you just make me you know, anxious, or you just make me, no, 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 I made that choice, I made that choice, and we have to take responsibility for our choices, but you get to choose, and peace, you know, when I read that, it was like I saw the umpire, I played softball um, in my younger days, and you know, it was like that umpire would come and safe, and that's kind of what peace does, is it keeps us safe in our life, it's a weapon that we can throw in a crazy world. Um, peace must increase, and this is in your notes, peace must increase and anxiety decrease. One of them must go and you get to choose. Peace must increase. Isaiah 26, verse 12. Let's talk about that. Isaiah 26, 12 says, Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. I love that. God has established peace for us. And when you think of a, you know, a restaurant or if you go someplace, a business, and it says established in, you know, established in, and it has the year. That was when it was founded. That was, in, in, and I love that he has established peace for us. He's established peace for you and me. He's already set the groundwork. He set the foundation. And now it's for us to partner with him and practice it. I love that he has ordained. You know, the word established means, um, you know, ordained. And it means to locate, it means to, to look at, you know, if something's established, we can look at the history that it, that it has. 
And there have been, I know one time there was a, a situation I was working, I, was, I worked for a global nonprofit and one of my jobs was to do fundraising events and I would be in charge of them. And so I was in another community in town and, um, it, and it, was, it was, I will say, it was a stressful situation. But I had a choice at that time because guess what? I was in charge. <laughs> I was in charge of stuff, and the other director that was supposed to be working with me and was not really working with me, it just was, it was causing a lot of chaos. And, but I reminded myself, I have a God-given right to walk in peace, and I'm going to establish it here because it was part of my job, and I had, but I had to walk in that authority. And when I began to walk in that authority, it was like it really subdued all the crazy that was going on. Psalm 73, 23, and this is one of my, my favorite passages. It says, Nevertheless, I will be with you. I hold you by the right hand. And like I said, it was walking the halls of hospitals that I got a lot of my practice in establishing my peace and you know nevertheless I will be with you you know nevertheless to me sometimes means even though things aren't turning out the way you might want them the Lord reminds us that he's with us and he holds us by the right hand and for me I'm kind of a visual person I would have to really like hold my hand like this like I was holding somebody's hand Peace is a weapon, and you and I get to use it. I want to, as I close, I saw this, um, um, actually, I think it was on a, on a Facebook post or something, a guy named Bob Hazlitt, and here's what he said. I thought it was really good. He said, I have never thought about peace as punishment, but the Bible does. Think about it for a minute. Jesus punished the storm with peace. Satan God crushes Satan with peace. God's government rules nations with peace. There's a war for your peace right now because it is your greatest weapon. If you don't fight for your peace, you will have nothing to fight with. That's why you're feeling the battle. It's time to take back your peace. Jesus was punished for your peace so you can punish the devil with peace. Don't let the devil steal what cost Jesus his life. Take back your peace. And so I just thought that's such a beautiful, beautiful way to close. It's time for us to take back our peace. Our homes need it. Our families need it. Our children, our grandchildren need it. The world around us needs our peace, and it's time we take it back. It's a weapon. Number nine, you have a God-given right to walk in peace. You have a God-given right to walk in peace. Exercise it, practice it, push anxiety and fear away. Fear and anxiety have robbed way too many people of the peace Jesus has given us. Way too many people. It's time we rise up and we take back our peace. And I just want to say, if there's anybody here and you have never given your heart to the Lord, you've never, there's never been a time when you said, you know, 
I want to invite Christ to be my Lord and Savior. The Lord wants you to do that because that's the very foundation that we have. That is the very foundation that we have for relationship. And we serve a God that dearly loves us, and he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And he wants us to develop that relationship. So if you've never done that, I'd be happy to pray with you. Um, or you can pray with somebody else, but catch me at some point in time because it's real simple to just invite Christ into your heart and ask him to forgive your sins and be Lord of your life. So let's pray. Father, we just love you so much. And I thank you for this time, Lord, with these precious people. Thank you so much for your presence that's here, that's touching hearts. And Lord, I just speak your peace over every situation that each one listening is facing. Lord, your peace and your calm. You're with us. You love us. Father, you never forsake us. Thank you so much for the gift of peace. And I pray for each one of us that we open it up every day, that we get so excited about opening, Lord, the gift of peace, that we would be just like kids at Christmas, Lord, opening it up and then giving it away to those that are around us. So I just speak your peace and declare it over each situation in Jesus' name. Amen.